Hey, welcome to Terry and Gary's Low Expectations Podcast. Pro wrestling superstar Rhino and his co-host Gary come to you live each week with guests from the world of pro wrestling, comics, movies, sports, and more. So if your standards aren't too high, Terry and Gary's Low Expectations Podcast is for you. Even today, um, you know, when I'm in there wrestling, um, I feel I feel energized. I feel good. I feel like I've got a lot left in the tank. You have to grow a mohawk so that you can go by the name Kleba Lang. The ratings are through the roof right now. Right. <laughs> Catch Terry and Gary every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern live on Podcast Detroit. Download Terry and Gary or stream on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, or the Terry and Gary TV YouTube channel. You know what to do next. Leave your expectations at the door and enjoy the show. All right. We are back. Terry and Gary's Low Expectations Podcast, Episode 75. And today we are joined by... Andrew freaking Romine of the Detroit Tigers and uh, I guess every other team too, but you're a Tiger to me, so I even busted out the hat. <laughs> Once a Tiger, always a Tiger, right? That's what they say? That's what they say. It's, it's a pleasure to have you, man. I, I was actually going to start off the podcast by asking you about, you know, how you like that Arizona weather, but uh, apparently uh, <laughs> not so much today. I, well, no, like I told you, we had a plan trip to come up to Greer which is a little bit northeast of Phoenix and we got a snowstorm so I'm sitting in uh see if you guys can see here I'm sitting in about a foot of snow and not not prepared jacket wise or boot wise or any of that so well don't worry you can wear shorts and sandals out that's what I do all winter long oh god you guys are great you Okay, so my sister moved out to Michigan. She she calls herself a Michigan gangster. So you guys are crazy. And, and the, the last thing I want to do is shovel snow out of my driveway to go to work. Right. <laughs> See, uh, Gary's rich. He has people come over and shovel his driveway before <laughs> he even gets up. So it's nice and clean. The newspaper's there for him. Yeah, so. Gary's soft, man. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get into. Uh, I mean, let's get into your time with the Tigers. I know you were drafted by the Angels. Uh, you played played there for I think three years or so. I think you were drafted by the Phillies, right? But you chose to stay in school. Or... Yeah. So I had pretty much told everybody that if you don't draft me at this place with this amount of money, then I'm going to school. And I threw it up higher because I knew I wanted to go to college, and it was going to cost a lot of money for me to pass up a college education. So. Right. We, I, I think the Phillies just drafted me and were like, hey, good luck at school. They didn't even really try and negotiate because they knew. And yeah. then, yeah, so I signed, I signed with the Angels in 2007 after my junior year at ASU. Well, what made you decide to go to ASU? Is it, uh... Well, my dad went there. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, Kevin Romine, your dad, correct, from uh, mm-hmm. the Boston Red Sox, I believe, for like eight, nine, ten years, something like that? Yep. So, he, he was there. He's on the wall. He's Hall of Famer there. And. I went to take my visit. I kind of knew I wanted to stay on the West Coast a little bit so my parents could drive and see me. Um, I had talked to places like Miami and Texas and stuff, and I was just like, I don't want to be that far. I, I want my parents to be able to come and, and check out some games, you know. Right. And then you must have liked enough to go back home after – or go back to Arizona after uh, your playing days are done then, huh? Yeah. Well, it also helped that everything was cheaper there. So when you're, <laughs> when you're living on a minor league salary and you're not getting paid during the offseason, you got to find somewhere cheap to live. And, and it was cool. A lot of baseball guys live in Arizona. So during the offseason, we would all get together and hit and throw and do all the offseason workouts. Nice, nice. 
Now, do a lot of ball players? Uh, um, not to interrupt, Gary. I know yeah. you got some questions, but do a lot of ball players um, kind of pick some a team closer to home so their family can come out and visit and stuff like that, or or do that, a lot of ball players just whatever? As far as professionally, we don't really have a choice. That's just who you get drafted by, who okay. they train to. We don't get. I mean, unless you're like Mookie Betts or. Mike Trout, you get those guys get to pick. You know, if they want to stay somewhere, they stay. If they want to go to a different city, they have that luxury. But that's the one percenters. You know, the rest, whatever contract offer you get. I mean, if you get multiple, if you're lucky enough, you can kind of decide. But most of the time, I mean, we're all human beings. It's going to come down to money. If somebody's offering you a hundred thousand more dollars to go somewhere else, you got to really want to go to that other place to take that pay cut. Right. 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 We got a question already from Patrick Mendez. Uh, actually, he's got several questions. Uh, and this is not this is not to Andrew, but contract. Con, congrats, Ryan, on the tag team title. Uh, actually, Andrew, we uh, run a promotion here in uh, Michigan. It's called the Insane Wrestling Revolution. And Rhino here and his partner Heath Slater just won the tag team titles. Uh, I wish your wife was here to talk to us about it, but yeah, both of you guys uh, on here. She'd be all about it right now. <laughs> and uh, apparently that everybody's really commenting about how much they love the titles. Well, that didn't help it at all. And uh, Patrick, so let's go to your next question. Uh, Andrew, do you pay attention to the contract talks or the current lockout? I was actually going to talk to you about that later, but uh, Patrick brought it up. So uh, what's your thoughts on the whole lockout, a uh, looming lockout coming? I, I get to be a lot more animated now that I'm retired and have no more investment. Right. So what a rip. I, I think it, I think people need to, get this crap figured out because not, you know, waiting until now to sit down every day that that was, that's too long. There's no reason that this couldn't, these everyday meetings couldn't have happened a month or two ago and get everything set up. Um, It seems kind of childish to me when adults can't get together and do business and figure things out because in the end it's a business, you know, Uh, it's great when people want to talk about how they, it's all about baseball and they love baseball. That That's cool. We all love baseball. But in the end, people have to make their money. They have to pay their bills. And the owners aren't going to take pay cuts and the players aren't going to take pay cuts. And when it comes down to the bottom line, one one side's going to have to give on something and then the other side's going to have to give on something else. So it's I'm not following like really, really in depth right now. But I see a lot of the stuff that's coming out about what they're talking because they leak what they want to leak. Right. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be hearing about any of this. That's logistically, you're not supposed to be talking. MLB shouldn't be talking about it, what happens in the meetings, but it gets leaked. People hear it, you know, you always find out from ESPN or somebody. And I think that uh I, I think that something will get figured out here soon. I don't think that anybody wants to miss games or push back the start of the regular season, but there's a lot of posturing going on. Yeah, and I think in the long run it hurts the fans. I mean, it hurts the fan base. So you, you're gonna have people you know they're they're going to be upset, but in the, in the long run, it's like you said, it's a business. It's a, it's a kid's game, but it's it's a, it's big boy business. It's an adult. It's an adult business. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of money involved in every sport when you're at the highest level. Right. So for everybody just to say, "Oh, come on, let's just play," it's not that easy. You yeah. know, there's a lot. Absolutely, and everybody wants to. You know, the players want to play, and the and the owners want to put games on, and that's what everybody wants to do. But when you can't agree on stuff that's kind of important when it comes to contractual things, then you got to sit down and figure it out. And personally, I just think that they've waited too long to sit down every day and try and figure it out. 
And, that, and that's an ongoing theme within, it seems like, any contract talks. Because, I mean, you said about the leaks and stuff. I've been in the UAW for 26 years, and you always find the information quicker on the on the, on the the newspapers and the websites than you do from your, from your union <laughs> officials or from the company or something like that. So, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Patrick Mendez and also another Ford worker. Leaks during contract talks. We know a lot about that. So not on the scale of you, but, yeah, I mean, same thing. Uh, all of our stuff gets leaked. We find out what our profit sharing is going to be in the in the in the news, you know, before they tell us, and we find out how much we make an hour in the news. So it's always fun. Yeah. Terry, what about you? Oh, we. What about your <laughs> we, we just. We well, just wait, I was waiting. You started to get a drink, and I was going to. I was asking you a question. It's the Wild West, man. <laughs> but but Andrew, I mean, when you went to school, what did you go for as far as a position? Was there a certain position you wanted to you wanted to play? Because I know you played them all. So yeah, so I was a shortstop growing up my whole life. Um, when I signed with the Angels, I I went into their system as a shortstop, and then when I got called up, uh, somebody had got hurt. I think Ibar got hurt at short, so I played, and then he came back, so I was back on the bench. And then somebody got hurt at third the next year, and they asked me if I could play third. And I got our infield coach standing behind Sosha going like this. And I'm, and I'm going, yeah, I could play third. Absolutely. I've done it a lot. And I've never played third before. So I'm going, if you don't, if I say no, you're going to bring somebody else up and you're going to send me down to AAA. So I'm saying yes. Right. And then a month later, they're like, hey, what about second base? And I'm like, yeah, second base. Let's go. Whatever. And before I knew it, I played first, played outfield. You know, and and then the Tigers start throwing me all over the place. And it was just kind of, you know, why not? Why not find other tools for my belt to stay in the big leagues, you know? And and, and speaking of that, I mean, have you ever pitched before? Yeah, I pitched. Dude, I have eight pitching appearances in the big leagues. Really? Yeah. Was the Tigers your first appearance as a, a major league pitcher? Yeah. And, I mean, it's not something to be proud of because usually it's a blowout. So, we're either losing by a ton or something absolutely crazy has happened. But uh, it, it was pretty cool, like, trying to get people out and realizing that it's not that easy. <laughs> Does it help you as a batter? No, it didn't help at all. <laughs> no. You guys definitely make it look easy out there, I'll tell you that. So, Well, that's the thing. People, when you get to that level of sports, everybody's the best at where they came from, and they're usually the, the – point zero zero one percent in the world at what they do so when you see people who are struggling hitting 230 or 240 they're probably going to crush every other league below them because they're facing the best in the world in the big leagues right right and and being a shortstop that's they always put their greatest athletes at shortstop right i like to think that yeah Yeah, that's what i think and and you know all the positions so i mean you must be one hell of an athlete so (laughs) that was that i was always able to uh pick things up pretty quick and defense was usually my uh best part of my game i guess you could say so being able to go in and it took a lot of work it wasn't just like i went out and i was good at them you know i had to go out every day there was no show up late and just go play a game for me there was showing up at one o'clock and I'm doing an hour to two hours of work at a different position because what if I get thrown in the game in the ninth inning or something with a one-run game and I got to go hit a get a, a ground ball off of Nelson Cruz at third? You know, I got to be ready for something that most people don't get to practice that much at. See, I don't think people understand completely how much work goes into being a professional at any any sport, but in baseball, they they see the games on TV, they hear the money that you make, 
but they don't understand or realize that how much actual hard work goes into it. And what's, what's it like? I mean, like a daily thing for, to be a baseball player. I mean, I know you have practice and stuff, but I mean, I mean, the grind's gotta be pretty, pretty hard on you. Well, I, I always try and tell people, think about when did you start working? You were probably 15, 16 years old and you went and got a job somewhere and you worked a few hours. You know, that was the same thing I did. I went and I practiced baseball because that was going to be my job and I knew it. And then you get to college and you go and you take your classes. Well, I'm, classes for me are baseball. That's I'm going to school and then I'm going to baseball practice. And then you get into pro ball and it becomes your nine to five. You know, your hours, your hours are different because I'm going to the field at noon and then I don't leave the field until 11, 1130 at night. And the whole time you're there, you're just doing baseball. So right. it's kind of the same as some, you know, a computer engineer going to his job every day. And after 20 years of doing it, he's probably really freaking good at doing computer work, you know? Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to ask you is, uh, you know, you guys got to, you know, and, and not just once you get there, you know, um, you know, it's like getting ready to go, you know, when I'm getting ready to go on the road, it's like you're packing, you're doing this, you're doing that. And then when you got to leave the hotel room, you got to start getting ready an hour and a half before you even, you know, leave for work. And then you get to the building, you're there all day. You know, that's what I was going to ask you, you know, because it's not like you show up if the game's at 7.05. It's not like you show up at 6.30, you know. I was going to ask you what time you guys got there. And, I, and you guys don't leave until late, too, you know. Yeah. And that, that's what – how many games a, a season? hundred and – 162 games there's and it's spread over about six six seven months and then you got spring training which is another month so you're i mean hypothetically you're playing eight months of baseball and and plus getting ready and it's not like you can't do nothing during the off season you know you rest up a little bit but training and probably most guys are i mean it gets earlier all the time guys just don't like i talked to my dad he played 82 to 92 and he was saying you use spring training to get ready for the season now people are using off season to get ready for spring training so they can win a small team. So you're right. baseball come December and the season ended in October. So you got about a month, month and a half off. Right. Right. And now, have, people, you the, have you went to the Dominican to keep, to keep playing in the off season or did you ever go to like the, the Southern leagues down in Arizona and stuff? To- so I did, I did a year of the Arizona fall league and I did another year of, I went to Mexico. I played in uh, Mazatlan out there. I never did uh, Dominican or Venezuelan league, but I did go to Mexico, and that was pretty eye-opening. Different baseball. It's weird to say that, but it's it's different baseball in different countries. You wouldn't expect that being it's just, you know, what's what's, what's the difference in it? Just to play the game? The the pace of the game was a lot different, but then the pitching seemed to be a, a little bit different. A lot of guys... I mean, a lot of guys in Dominican, they talk about a lot of flamethrowers. A lot of guys would throw hard. And then you go to Mexico, and you see guys that are just throwing junk, like really good junk all over. Yeah. And I think I think that's kind of why America is really cool, because it's the mix of all of it, and you get the best from all the different countries. Yeah. And we got a question from uh, Patrick again. What is your favorite team to play against, Andrew? Did you have a favorite team that you like to play against? Or do you have one team that you always just felt like you – you just got their number and you just you just played well or a stadium? Well, there's different answers for all those. So my favorite team to play against was always my brother's team. So whatever team he was on, and most of those years, he was with the Yankees. So 
it was always fun there. But my favorite place to play, Boston, was crazy. And they're mean, and they are brutal. They will let you know, and they won't hold it back. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way coming into Detroit, too. Yeah. So I, I never really had that because I played most of my career in Detroit. So when I did come back after I left, they were always really nice and really cool to me. You know, the whole once you're a tiger, you're always a tiger thing. So right. I didn't really get that, like, we hate you, you're on the other team kind of thing. Um, you were a league pitcher, though. So Yeah. Boston was always just very unique for me. The history is there, the same stadium that Babe Ruth played in and Ted Williams. Like, it's just kind of that historic feeling. Right. Same thing with uh, maybe like a Yankee stadium. I I played at the new one. I never played at the old one. Okay. Yeah, but the but the Twins for some reason I always crush the Twins. So yeah, it's weird that yeah, yeah every, every every player I've ever talked to or they they always have one team that mm-hmm. they've done well against. They don't understand why. They don't know why. There's always different pitchers or different. You know, well, might be that their their department when they do their scouting for the, the team that they're going to play, their scouting on me probably wasn't accurate maybe i'm not sure and the way that they talked about because they have pitcher meetings at the start of every series so the first day that you fly in you go to the field the pitchers sit down they have a meeting they go over every hitter on the on their roster that they're going to face and then they talk about how they're going to pitch them as a team so maybe they just didn't have the right meeting (laughs) i don't know that's when you need to find out who the guy is in charge of scouting you and get him hired at every team you play (laughs) exactly (laughs) But uh, you, you talk about scouting stuff, and, and you're out of baseball now. So is there anything that you'd like to do back in baseball? Is there some scouting or is there coaching or anything you'd like to do as far as the, your baseball, you know, furthering your baseball career? I had talked. I, I made some phone calls when I got done. I talked about coaching again. Uh, I sat down with my wife and my family, and we just kind of decided that, you know, putting a jersey back on and going and coaching in another state. Um, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter who – I haven't got to see much of because I've been gone playing for the whole beginning of her life. So uh, we kind of decided that I was going to hold off on the coaching thing right now, uh, spend some time at home and not have to live out of a suitcase and travel from hotel to hotel every three days and never see them. So we're, we're kind of putting it off. I'm probably going to revisit at some point coaching again. I just don't know when, but I get my fix now. I, I do some lessons like the, the all nine row mine baseball stuff that I'm doing that you were talking about um, doing some camps, uh, possibly some teams here in the future out in Arizona and kind of just enjoying working with the kids right now, man. Yeah. And, and you, what about Arizona state? I mean, are you close to that? So they actually just hired on Willie Bloomquist, uh, okay. a former level himself and a very, very good major league baseball player. So uh, it might be it might be a while before any of those openings show up, but um, my dad and I are were always interested in getting back, and we always talked about you know if there was ever a chance to go coach at ASU, we should definitely get in there together. Yeah. Uh, is your brother still playing, or is he retired? Also, I, I he's don't... he's trying. Okay, he's he's, he's trying. trying. If they'll open up the the locker rooms, then he'll go play. Yeah, and uh, you got to play with him in a game. Uh, you were the pitcher, and he was the catcher. What was that like? Yeah. So I, I actually started last season with the twins and then at the end of spring training, I took my out and went and signed with the Cubs who we had uh, a previous relationship with. And then it just happened that my brother had signed with them this year. So we went and 
took an offer, went over to the alternate site, spent a, about a month there. And then I went and did some AAA time and my brother was hurt this whole time. So when they finally traded everybody away and brought some call-ups, the Cubs were nice enough to offer me the chance to come back up when they could have gone and got some young phenom, seen what he had or something. But, you know, they, they were really cool and, and they showed a little bit of, of faith in me to say, Hey, you did really well. You had, you're having a great year. We're going to call you up and let you uh, have the chance to play with your brother who was still hurt. So I get up there and I'm playing for a couple of weeks and Contreras gets hurt, the catcher. And they go call my brother who's in AAA rehabbing. And they're like, you're supposed to do like four more days of rehab, but we need a catcher. And he's like, whatever, I'll just come now. So he flies out, have a day game that day. We get our butts kicked by the brewers. And then Ross comes over and is like, Hey, I'm going to have you throw the ninth. Um, don't throw your arm out. Like, you know, don't get hurt. Don't make right. us look stupid like that day. I'm like, I got this. I've pitched plenty of times. So, um, I go jogging out and I get to the mound. I turn around and my brother's running out in his gear and he wasn't supposed to play that day. Cause he had just flew in and he comes out and I tell him awesome. You know, I'm laughing and I'm going, all right, well, one's a fastball, two's a curveball, <laughs> And he's just looking at me like, whatever, just throw the ball. So, I get, I get him back behind the plate and the first pitch I throw to him is a knuckleball and he just kind of looks at me and I was like, you didn't wait for me to finish telling you what all the pitches were. So, but that, that was like a movie, man. We had, I had always dreamt that we'd get the chance to play together. And then as my career is winding down, we're both getting older. I, I had known during the end of that season that that was going to be my last season. I was retiring after that. My wife and I were pretty much the only people that knew and for us to play together it was i mean like it's hard to explain it it was like a movie i'm standing on the mound in wrigley throwing knuckleball right. to my brother it's like backyard baseball and these guys are up there trying to hit for real kids again yeah yeah so and i and i struck a guy out you know i'm throwing knuckleballs making people look silly and it it was the craziest time but i was very very lucid aware of what was going on because like not a lot of people get the chance to say these last games i know are my last games you know right. most people finish they don't get an offer they have to move on you know their career ends and they just have to move on with baseball because they didn't get another shot and i'm i was lucky enough to be able to be in the t in the moment and feel like this is it i get to i get to realize it in real time it's gotta be a good feeling to call your own shot too like that you know yeah well, I, I don't know if I would say calling my own shot. My body called those shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now I got a question. Oh, go ahead, Terry. I've got to ask a question. I've been wanting to ask a, a tiger this. You know, the, the picture that's up on the scoreboard when you guys go out to bat? Yeah. You know, um, some of those pictures, like as a wrestler, you know, we're always asked to do stuff. I'm sure you guys are always asked. Hey, can you do this? Can you take a picture for this? We got to do this and we got to do that. That's, you know, on top of playing baseball or, or wrestling. And sometimes you're just like, man, I just don't want to do it. You know, you're getting, especially at TVs, you're getting pulled every which way, right? Yeah. And some of those pictures, it looks like you guys are kind of making a face or, you know, kind of like a deer caught in headlights, like, or you mess up your hair or, or whatever. Now, is that like a, like we would do it as a rip. We're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And then we, we do something to, to, 
to make ourselves laugh. Now, yeah. some of those pictures, it looks like you guys are kind of wanting them to look funny just to pop yourselves or no. Just, are you guys tired or like, is there like a running gag or? Are you so there a picture on the baseball? What's that? You can find Andrew's picture up on the, uh, on the big screen there. Yeah, well, yeah, like the coming up the bat, or you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? So yeah. I'm gonna preface with this: we have picture day every okay. every spring training, and okay. it's literally a half hour, forty minutes of just people going from room to room, line to line for every different TV, media, photo, ESPN, MLB, the Tigers. They're just lined up in each room, set up, and you just go from room to room for like forty five yeah. minutes, going from one to the next. So by the time you get to whatever this one is that right, you're, you're, you're probably over, most of the guys are just like this. Yeah. They, you know, they just want to get it done. <laughs> yeah. And they just want to get it done. So, yeah. and, and also keep in mind, this is at six 30 in the morning because we have to do it before spring training starts. Right. right. Okay. They don't want it. Nobody likes picture day. We always. Right. Picture day. <laughs> But you'll, okay. get, you'll get some of those guys that want to mess around. So right, because right. that's what I would do. I'd be yeah. like, you know, I, I would figure out something to do. You know, <laughs> it's usually the guys who've been around a little bit because the younger guys they're just kind right. of yeah, they don't want to mess around. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that actually is a great lead into this question from Frank Jennings. He was who was the funniest teammate on the Tigers that you played with? Oh, Castellanos probably. Really? Yeah, Nick was Nick was a bit of a goofball, but so well, I take that back. Wore, from the way he wore his uh, his open <laughs> chested uh, jersey, or just yeah, it's showing off his his lettuce. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> actually, you know what? I take that back. Jabba Chamberlain might have been one of the funniest dudes that I've ever been around in my life. Was Was there a lot of tricks going on in the clubhouse? I mean, I've heard yeah. Like Demetri Young was talking to us about different tricks that they did in the in the clubhouse. Was there stuff that, yeah, yeah, like like there's a web, and I'm not saying who did this, but there right. is a website that you can order different types of feces from different types of animals and have it delivered to wherever you want. Oh God, thanks. Now he's don't tell him where. Yep. <laughs> so that happens sometimes. That ended up in some guys' bags. Yeah. <laughs> now, would, would that would uh, would you know anything more about that? Uh, I don't. This is all hearsay, man. I I can't verify okay. anything. All right, all right. So it's just a hearsay that you know, there might have been some animal feces or any kind of feces for that matter in the clubhouse. Who knows? I don't yeah. see now nowadays with all the COVID stuff, they might check those bags, so you don't know if they'll get delivered. Who right? Who's that person that gets to check that bag? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's back. Oh yeah, right, we got another question from Brad Rasky. Would Andrew say that Jim, I can't, I can't pronounce. Uh, <laughs> Jim Schmacko is the hardest working worker in the Tigers organization. Schmake, Schmake was the clubhouse manager. That okay. guy didn't. He never freaking slept. And if he did, and if he did sleep, he probably slept on the couch in his clubhouse. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking, man. Those guys, when we're at home, and they're doing stuff at the clubhouse, they they're usually up until all hours of night because they can't get stuff done until we're done. So we're done at 11, 30, 12. Some guys hang out, take a long time and then they can start real work and like get crap done. And then we got to be back at the field the next morning. Those clubhouse workers, man, they, they get the short end of the stick and people don't realize it. 
Brad coming up with the with the the clubhouse question. That was a good question, Brad. I I would have never thought to ask that. We got another one from Brad. Looks like, hey, is seriously the greatest? Oh, he's seriously the greatest guy and always working. Also, Brad must know him. I would assume so, Brad Raska. Brad. Hey, Brad. Oh yeah, the same last name. No. Oh yeah. Anyways, we're gonna go on to. Uh, we're gonna let you go here pretty soon. So I just want to before we go, I want to talk to you about. You have some baseball camps coming up. Is yeah, I got a couple actually. Uh, we're doing one out in Arizona on the sixth. Um, Matt Hall, who played with me at ASU, we actually been talking about it for years and years. And he went on to play for the Rays for a bit. And we always talked about when we're done, we move back to Arizona. We're going to start doing camps together. So we're putting our first one on out in Arizona on the sixth, um, out in Queen Creek. And then I'm headed out the next weekend to uh, Tennessee to do a. Oh, we lost. So you. we got a couple more, and then after that, I think Maddie's having a, a baby in April, so we might miss April and maybe do a camp in June. We're going to head out to California, do one in LA, do one in Orange County, so and then come back and do some more in Arizona. Well, speaking of the camps and being that you played every position, and is that something that you could recommend young players to to do? I mean, is to learn more you know, more positions to maybe make themselves more desirable to colleges or the pros or just lie and say, yes, I played that position when they get asked. <laughs> oh, I think we lost Andrew. Oh, there he is. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Did you hear the question? Dang it. I can't hear you guys. Uh-oh. I knew this was going to happen. Hey, that's okay. Um, Snow. We're going to, we'll let you go. Okay. So Andrew Romine, Detroit Tigers. Let me see if I can connect to the internet real quick. All right, we'll hold on for him. Hey, uh, let's ask if uh, uh, what's his favorite baseball movie? Here All right. Yeah, that, and then uh, what do you think he'll say? Uh, Field of Dreams. The Rookie. Yeah, Field of Dreams. Think of their own. I don't know. I don't know three baseball movies. That's another good one. Oh, here we go. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? <laughs> we'll see if he yeah, don't. Mark, Mark says the Sandlot. Oh, in there? Can you hear the us? The video's working, but I'm getting no audio. Oh, okay. Shit. Well, I'll, I'll, write, I'll write goodbye. <laughs> Say goodbye. thank you. We're going to have to type it in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see you guys know what I'm saying, by the way, if you're nodding. You can hear me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, awesome. Anybody know right. sign language? <laughs> Very good. I do. I, I know one. I know one sign language. Right. Um. Well, I figure. I figure you're probably gonna kick me off now. So. We're we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna say goodbye. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you so Thank much. You, we'll we'll see if I can get on again when I'm not stuck in the mountains. Sounds awesome. good. For sure. For sure. All right, guys. I apologize for the internet, but it was good no, talking no, no. to you. Thank you. Thank you. Very good talking. All right. We'll All talk right, soon. Andrew Romine of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, he's in the mountains right now. It was a great, great, great having him on. Such a good guy. Yeah. He's got so tell much. Him, I tell him next time we're going to have to, him and his wife, and we'll talk baseball and wrestling. Right. Right. Yeah, afterwards you message. Yeah, because I wanted to ask him about um, uh, is like in in baseball, like you know, his like is there a uh, 
you know, like for me, you know, my moment in wrestling when I was watching it as a kid, you know, and a lot of people our generation, I think they can refer to Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And the body slam, you know, is, is there a moment like with baseball players, like when Kurt Gibson, you know, hit the home run, you know, um, you know, in the 84 world series or, you know, I mean, that's like for tigers, you know, our generation tiger fans, but is there a moment in baseball, you know, like for baseball players? So we'll, we'll get him back on. We'll get him back on again. Maybe when the baseball season starts, but he's, he's a great guy. So, and he's got a lot of stuff going on right now with his, uh, his camps that he's doing. He's got a podcast he does. He has his dad that comes on with him and other famous, you know, baseball yeah, players. Mark, Mark put Sandlot. Yeah, Mark put Sandlot. He thought that's what's going to be his answer. And yeah. Patrick Mendez said, Gary better be careful of any packages delivered now that Rhino knows about that website. Gary's always careful of any packages that <laughs> Rhino Just said. so you know, Patrick, in wrestling, we don't order anything. We just do it ourselves. <laughs> right in the bag. So don't get any heat. Gary, uh, yeah, Andrew was great. Uh, we'll have him back on again. Brad said, "Thank you, Andrew, uh, Devin. Thanks, Devin. It was it was a fun show." Hey, Don Paulette was watching today. Great guy. What's talking about Terry? Yeah, she is <laughs> the tag team champions. Oh, and let's not bring up Hogan again. LOL. What you got against Hogan, Patrick? Yeah, Patrick. <laughs> so, all right, let's. Uh, uh, so the. Uh, February 20... Oh, March 24th. Yeah, but our last show... Yeah, so February 17th. Yes, February 17th was a big success. Glad everybody came out to see. Um, had a, a lot of great matches. Yeah. Uh, the heavyweight champion, world heavyweight champion, Slater and I are the first ever tag team champions. We're going against the Game Changers next month and then connor is wrestling connor is wrestling mike bennett with maria canales in his corner from right. ring of honor wwe now uh, currently in the invading uh impact i believe so yes yes and mark mark said by the way rhino congrats on the titles last thursday yes. thank you i appreciate it champion yes it was a great event. Snowstorm, freezing rain. Yeah, yeah. And we still had yeah, yeah great crowd. Yeah, packed. Yeah, packed house was a fun show. I can't wait for next show. Uh, Patrick said, "Good job adjusting the card due to the weather." Um, so, yeah, a card like any any event, cards are always subject to change. And uh, I think the the people that showed up that wrestled, they did an amazing, amazing job. Put on one hell of an event. So. Yeah, we only had a couple people. Yeah. Just a couple. But anyways. Yeah, yes. so um um yeah, we're looking forward to March twenty fourth, Thursday. Right. Uh how are we looking on tickets? Our front and second and third in general? Front row's been gone, I think maybe fifteen minutes after we put them up. Right. Second row. We had like one left and I think it got it just went. Uh second rows, I think almost gone. There might be a handful of second row available if you guys want to get on there and get them. It's www.purplepass.com backslash IWR10. Uh, then we have some third row and general mission available. And, of course, we always have uh, general mission available at the door. So bring your cash uh, if you come out there and get to the show. It's going to be a great show. Like I said, Rhino and Heath are defending their titles. 
Um, Connor. His title. Uh, I believe Trey might be defending his title. Yeah, Trey's yeah. defending his title in a three-way dance. Three-way dance. So it's going to be amazing. We can't yeah. wait to get out there again. And uh, uh, Briar Wellington's uh, IWR debut. Yep. So he'll be going against Trey. And I was very impressed with uh, the other guy in the match, too. Uh, was it Jason Hodge? Yeah. Yeah, very, he's a very, very good. Very good wrestler. Uh, IWR fans are simply the best. That's right, Brad. Simply the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, and the crew for all the harbor. That's right. We can't forget about all the people that, that work the shows. Uh, we have a lot of family members up front. Don, my sister, Crystal, uh, Jimmy. Uh, we got the guys from the FOP hall working. We got Rita running around like crazy. So uh, all these guys do a wonderful job. Uh, and, and, then, and, and, you know, from uh, Brad doing the um videos and nathan and yep. you know yeah. and Star Girl, Brian, nate 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 thompson video doing the videos yeah joe brony doing commentary it's just so many people go into to making the event what it is and yeah for sure and you know and that's the thing you know as as things you know it's great because when a monkey wrench was thrown in it like the weather and some people not being able to make it and um, you know, because they weren't able to leave a little earlier because, you know, work commitments and stuff. So um, everybody came together and everything was flawless, you know, so made some adjustments and changes and, you know, and it seemed to be pretty flawless. And we got uh, real close to our curfew. I think we were done at 910. Yeah. So our curfew is usually nine o'clock. But so for that building. But yeah. So how did you pull Mike? Bennett and Maria from March 24th. Well, well, Mark, IWR is in high demand. We're the hottest independent pro wrestling uh, outfit out there right now, I'd say, anyways. So, lots of great stuff going on. Hey, Terry, do you plan on any shows at the Boatyard this year? I get asked that a lot if we're going to do any shows out there. Yeah, you know what? Um, uh, Maybe, maybe not. You know, if we do, we'll probably, um, you know, I don't know. The reason why we did them was – because we wanted to, you know, keep keep that product product going, you know, and people not and not lose all the momentum that we we had starting off. So um, I would like to uh, do like a regatta where we have music and stuff, and then you know where we get the the um, pass, you know, for for uh, or the um, booze license for the weekend, and kind of do like a Friday and a Saturday. So. Um, you know, that, that would be a, a big thing, you know, because we'd have to rent a tent and, you know, those can get pretty costly. So um, we'll eventually have some Bogart shows again. Yeah, I think they worked out pretty well, but like I said, it was more of out of necessity than anything. So, right. So we love our home at the FOP, so the House of Insanity. Right. Uh, right. Does that mean, so does that mean we will see Wyndham Rotunda soon? Who knows? Who yeah. knows? If you've been following the last 10 events, you never know who's going to be at an right. IWR event. So as long as Nate Bot gets thrown in the water again, I will be all down for another <laughs> show. You and me both, Patrick. That was one of the highlights of my entire year. Right. I was watching the game changer, Nate Bach. Right. Get thrown in the water. Speaking water. of the water, the water's up high. Oh, man. So I'm looking out my back window. <laughs> you look nervous. Yeah, no, no, not too nervous. We do have four boats still in the water. They winter store in the water. I put bubblers out and stuff. So, so well, 
we'll probably wrap this up. Uh, we hopefully back next week. I don't know if we're going to be back next week or not. What's yeah. But we'll let you guys know. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you download the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Chrome, or CastBox, and everywhere you get your podcast. Uh, as for me and Terry, we are going to be out of here. Uh, got some wrestling stuff to figure out here pretty soon, and we will talk to you guys later. Peace. Oh, and a gun show. Well, half a gun. Let me get this. There you go. Got to get the full gun in there. Oh. You got to get your gun show. The other, other way, other way. I'm, I'm supposed to go towards oh, you. Yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. Come on, <laughs> man. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, hey, good job seeing you guys again. We will see you again next week. And thanks again to our guest, uh, Andrew Romai. Talk to you guys soon. We are.